It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Life after football has begun. That is Sean King, Super Bowl champ. By the way, if you hadn't heard, Big King's best bet went 4-0. So I just uh, I just wanted to get that out of the way now. I'm sure we'll be reminded of it throughout the offseason. It's in the past. Great call by you. It's a level of excellence that can never be exceeded. That is true. But he's behind us. Now, Puxradamus will take on a life of his own. And I've got to come up with a name for college basketball me. College basketball, you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm thinking of something. By the way, I was just taking a look at uh, some bracketology today. Uh, Villanova, a three seed. Yeah, I'm pretty. You got some work to do. Big one tomorrow. Yeah. Villanova at Providence. You know who's the favorite? Oh, if if I'm getting Providence as a home dog, then you know I'm all in. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Without question, without any extended thought. Your predictions – Po- uh, fading Villanova have gone so swimmingly lately. Hey, listen, that's an easy plus 150. <laughs> Start the Tuesday off great. Well, we'll get to those games a little bit later on. Let's get to what we are sweating tonight. And uh, obviously, aftermath of the Super Bowl, we will talk to our good friend Adam Hill from the Las Vegas Review Journal, who was at the Super Bowl last night. Uh, we will, unfortunately, you know, I, I like to say this, it's, it, Personally, I like to be fully transparent. I think you do as well. I mean, look, you'd like to hit all your bets. You just sometimes don't. We will go through our plays in the next segment from the Super Bowl for anyone who faded me. I mean, it was – I still got some gripes about the Super Bowl. But before we get to that – Yeah, you took some unbelievable – I'm not going to call them bad beats, but unfortunate bad. bounces. Agree. yes. They weren't yes. – Van Pelt's not doing it on bad beats, but they were some – If things would have played frustrating things. to form, Ugh. you might have won everything. <laughs> like, you got extremely unlucky. Uh, yeah, so we'll get to those, and we'll laugh at my, uh, my <laughs> carnage as uh, – this, this was the notepad. It's a little flimsy. I threw it a couple times up, up at stadium. I was worried about you. I was so mad last night. I was down in the basement watching the first half, and my phone, you know, wouldn't call out because <laughs> it's like a boulder down there. So thick walls, and you know, because I was, I was telling, you know, our bosses, I was with Bill A.D., and I was like, you know, I think Tim might jump. 
<laughs> you know, we were stationed on the balcony above a pool at Stadium Swim, and I say, I think Tim might jump. And he was like, what do you mean? And then I showed him your plays. He was like, yeah, we probably should send somebody to check on him. Yeah. Well, I, I was worried. We'll get to those. It's called a tease. You'll have to wait and relive my pain coming up shortly. But uh, hopefully, maybe tonight we could turn it around, have a little positive vibes here. Uh, I've got Oregon laying five against Washington State in a bounce-back spot for the Ducks. Lost over the weekend. Uh, I'll be honest. I wasn't in love with this basketball card tonight, but I knew we had to have something uh, for the show. You texted the group, and you said, what college basketball games do you like? Aaron Oster gave you a winner. Virginia Tech covered the four and a half. Uh, I gave you Oregon, but I said, I don't really like it. Yeah, I didn't have faith in either one of you guys. So I'm glad glad Aaron's bet won. Do you ever have faith in me? Well, I'm looking at Virginia. They just beat Duke at Duke, so... I mean, Virginia Tech's in there 16 and 10. I mean, the line was saying Virginia Tech was a side, but again, it was one of those games where it was right at six with under a minute left. And Virginia misses a wide open three that would have made it three. And then the kind of Virginia Tech won the free throw battle. And then Virginia let the clock run out with like 20 some seconds left. So. It could have gone either way, but I didn't play it, so I'm glad our producer, Aaron Oster, got a victory, a much-needed victory. Yeah, nice win for Aaron. I think Aaron had a pretty good night. He had a couple prop bets that hit. He listened to Eric Eager. Uh, remember Eric a couple weeks ago, actually right when the Super Bowl was announced, he came on our show. He said, there's a prop bet that I like here in Vegas. It's the Rams will call the first timeout. Right. I was like, that's kind of a random one. But he, he, but he backed it up with some thoughts. You know, he feels like Sean McVay. He was, almost got bad beat on that because I think the uh, the Rams had a delay a game and didn't call a timeout and then I thought for sure since he was going to call a timeout on fourth and one yeah on the opening drive uh, I thought for sure which you it ended up bad for you but yeah we'll get into that yeah that was fun that, yeah. was, that was super cool Johnny Hecker he's he's on my list uh, he seems like a good guy <laughs> but Johnny Hecker's on my list if you're watching and Johnny congrats on the Super Bowl Enjoy your ring, but you're on my list, man. All Did right? Aaron have Bengals? Did he go with Big King best bet? I don't think he played the side or the total. Um, I think Aaron. So he believed Aaron, in Eric Eager and didn't believe in Big King. That's basically what that boils down to. By the way, I think there were some people out there. Uh, I saw our, our good friend here at the network, Wes Reynolds. He had a preseason future on the Rams mm-hmm. at minus four, uh, at 14 to 1, and then he hedged it by taking the points with the Bengals, bada-bing, bada-boom, right there in the middle, and uh, won both bets, not too shabby. Listen, I was sitting there, and I'm really debating about getting the apps. <laughs> I would say you should I'm get the I'm telling you, here's why. <laughs> I'm debating getting the apps. When the Rams <laughs> lost the coin toss, I started to put a really, really large Rams money line bet. <laughs> Because the team that loses the coin toss is the automatic Super Bowl winner, right? That's eight years in a row. Yeah. So I'm sitting there like, oh, God. I know I'm going to lose my Bengals money line and my Bengals alternate line now, right? Just how fake going to have it. Yeah. I, I mean, I did have. And then I would have middled it. Yeah, you would have. I would have hit Rams to win and I would have covered it with my big Bengals bet. You would have had a nice old middle. Yeah. Yeah. I should have listened to you. I like the Rams money line. I didn't like them on the spread. And. You could have middled. I could have middled. Oh, ye of little faith. That would have been very nice. But, uh, all right. So, for me tonight, we got Oregon laying the five against Washington State in a bounce-back spot. 
And then uh, I'm just fading Georgetown any chance you can get. Yeah, they're bad. They're really bad. They're really bad. Creighton's up 17 at the half. They were laying 11 at home. So uh, hopefully the Blue Jays can just keep it on cruise control and cover this one. We can have a 2-0 and day. That they're- game scared me because Creighton seems to play to their competition. Yeah. When they play really good teams, like they play really good, and then they kind of don't dominate like they should. But obviously Georgetown's in a, a major slump here. So what do you got? What is, uh, what is Puck Stradamus? So Puck Stradamus. We have write this down so I keep tabs on it. Two three team parlays. Oh Lord. They both in, involve the same three teams. Just one of them is straight. I have Minnesota Wild, Winnipeg Jets, and Edmonton Oilers. So those are all just to win. Just to win. All and right. then I have another three team parlay with all three of those on the puck line. Oh, okay. Right now, Winnipeg is ahead four to two at the beginning of the third, but Detroit is on the power play. I think Winnipeg, Minnesota's ahead 4-2, my bad. But Detroit's on the power play. I think Winnipeg and Chicago are 0-0 after the first, and uh, I think Edmonton starts at 7-30. Yeah, you got got some time before Edmonton uh, ultimately comes home. Let's just say if we can get all these games in with the side I have winning by two or more goals, it'll be a really good night. All right. So we're uh, we're we're on Minnesota watch right now. They're up 4-2, like you mentioned. That one in the uh, third period, scoreless Jets and uh, and Blackhawks. And for those listening in right now, should they join the party? Would they? Would you recommend laying the Absolutely. dollar fifty? I would, I would recommend, line? yeah, a, a large bet on Edmonton and then a smaller bet on Edmonton puck line. All right, there you go. Yeah. San Jose, they actually are first game since the All Star break, and teams in this position have not played well. You think that the the rest would be, you know, something in favor of, of that team, but for whatever reason. They've been rusty and have lost every game by multiple goals. Teams that were just now playing coming off the All-Star break. All right, so before we hit the break, Sean, let's just, we, you know, we were fortunate enough to, uh, to recap the game uh, mm-hmm. as it unfolded uh, after the game. As you've let 24 hours, have you digested it for 24 hours? What is your biggest takeaway from Rams 23, Bengals 20? I think the Rams may change the way multiple teams do business in the National Football League. The Rams basically say we're all in to win a Super Bowl. We don't care about the future. I mean, any prognosticator that will be looking at Rams stock (laughs) would say sell now. Yeah. Because they are going to have to get extremely creative, not just to create salary cap room, but to get younger, better players. But it worked. They gave up a lot of their allocation of draft selections, all of their assets geared towards drafting cheap developmental potential elite talent. They really don't have those platforms available. They went all in on established, high-priced, big-name free agents. And we have not seen a lot of teams in the NFL utilize this strategy, and it resulted over a three-year period of them actually getting to two Super Bowls and winning one. So it worked. Now, can Les Snead and Sean McVay figure out how to sustain it? And we'll see if that works. But if you're an organization that hasn't had success, and granted, I think the one caveat in this is you have to be in a destination city. Right. You know, I don't think you know guys are going to flock to Cleveland or you know Green Bay or and no offense to these places, but yeah, it's not know, the fact that L.A. is L.A. matters. You know guys are willing to come 
you know, and, and kind of, you know, just live in that environment in that city. So that was my big takeaway. Second thing was, since he really blew the game. And I went back and rewatched it since he blew the game. Since he had every opportunity to win this game, and they just blew it. And multiple reasons. I tweeted some of them out. Eli Apple's terrible. Oh. Von Bell on the fourth down. Bengals could not be in a better play call. And he like he he, he it's like he's oblivious to Cooper Cup Coop, coming Cup. in motion. Yeah. Like the angle he takes is like he doesn't even see him. I mean, that's supposed to be Cooper gets the ball, crash dummy, game over. Not giving the ball to Joe Mixon, second and one, third and one, fourth and one. Hard for Zach Taylor. I went back and rewatched the last play for the Bengals. Burrow panicked. Had guys open. Jamar Chase was streaking down the sideline. Buck naked, but didn't have the time. We will also relive the pain of some of our plays. If you like pain? Join us next. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the sports betting network. Welcome back in this segment of the Nightcap being brought to you by Zinn Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no batteries to charge. For leaky equipment to deal with, Zinn Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. For your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zinn, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zinn. So head on over to Zinn.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's ZYN.com slash find. Warning, this product does contain nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Alongside Sean King, I am Tim Murray. 
Got some sweats going on, as we normally do. I'm watching Oregon uh, miss everything. Uh, that's awesome. Keep it up, Ducks. Really cool. So um, before we get into and re, uh, rehash our plays from the Super Bowl, which mm-hmm. was uh, not wonderful for, for yours truly, I should have just stopped my first bet. Should have just stopped. Under 49 and a half. I'm good. You felt strongly about that. I'm out. That was my first bet of the Super Bowl. It was back on last Monday. We talked about it on the show. I said I walked into uh, to Green Valley Ranch here in, La- in Las Vegas, saw 49 and a half, said I'm going to bet the under. Should have just stayed there. No more bets, but I didn't do that. And uh, we'll get to the carnage here in just a moment. But I, I do want to get back to the MVP. And this isn't a knock on Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup was great. I mean, on that final drive, he was phenomenal. And the fact that, you know, he and Matt Stafford pretty much on that last drive, Sean, said, okay, we're playing two on 11 here. This is how we're going to have to win this game. I'm going to Cooper Cup. And they, you know, the, the play that's going around uh, social media, the no-look pass where he looks off, who is it, Bell with his eyes well, and then threads the needle. First of all, Bell's only responsibility is the route that he got beat on. That's what robber coverage is for. The underneath defender has the actual pass catcher that Bell was charging. So Von Bell made two historically terrible plays on defense. He's the guy that was blitzing off of the open end on the Cooper Cup run Mm -hmm. on fourth down. That's supposed to be Cooper gets that ball and gets crushed. For some reason, Bell acts like he doesn't see him and takes an angle like he's going to, to tackle the running back. Like it's one of the dumbest plays I've seen. Then they're playing robber coverage to prevent that exact route from being complete. But instead of Bell having discipline and sitting right in the middle and robbing the dig right, it's called robber coverage, Tim. He's supposed to rob that dig route. Like when he's supposed to be there. He, because he lacks discipline, attacks the underneath route. It's not his responsibility. And Stafford makes a great throw behind him. He's supposed to be right there. And Eli Apple was awful. Yeah. And by the way, I mean, Eli Apple was bad. I don't think Eli Apple has many friends in the league because, man, yeah. were they thoroughly enjoying his yeah. uh, his struggles there. I mean, he was awful. It was like you being out there playing cornerback yesterday <laughs> in the Super Bowl. It, it, that's what it amounted to. Like, he was terrible. Um, But the reason I bring that up, and, and we'll get to the plays here. To answer your, your MVP question, my bad. Aaron Donald, yeah. to me, I think rewatching the game like you and watching the final drive, just the second half. I mean, that Rams defense after they gave up the the touchdown that shouldn't have been a touchdown, the T. Higgins, you know, well, grabbing the l- face mask. Is l- let me Ramsey. just make one qu- comment on that. That play is a lot easier to see in slow motion than it is live full speed. I mean, Mike Prairie, because it because it looks like the receiver's coming back to the ball, and Jalen's momentum has him going up the field. So it's such a subtle thing. Yeah, but Pereira. we teach wide receivers if you can grab an influence with the upfield arm, it's difficult for the official to see it. Regardless, I mean, there were there were, that was a bad call. Obviously, the defensive holding was a, tr- a horrific call uh, on third and goal. But Aaron Donald in the second half, I felt like changed the game. Yeah, once and, they fought him on the sideline like some dummies. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he, he pushes Joe Burrow down, and then they start to get in the face of Aaron Donald, and uh, you could see the Hulk getting, you know, yeah. you got the Hulk mad. And, and why would a group that's not very good agitate the bear? Right. Yeah. A, a group that actually played pretty well in the first half, yeah. you know, all things considered. Like, they didn't block anybody. After that point, 
they didn't block anyone. They just got the dumb personal foul call, and I mean he dominated them. I mean he he it was like you know in the backyard with your little son, and you know he makes a play, so he's peacocking. <laughs> And you didn't have to remind him. Yeah, you know, yeah. He reminded the Bengals' offensive line, this is why you guys are terrible. So you look at the final drive of the game, third down and one, the decision to give the ball to Samaj P. Ryan. Mm-hmm. But who stops Samaj P. Ryan? Dead in his tracks. Yeah, he's almost sitting down. Donald. And grabs him. And then on fourth down, it's Donald again who disrupts the play. And I don't know. To me, I felt like the, the, the game was tweaked by Aaron Donald, and here's the ridiculousness of Super Bowl MVP. Shereen Williams, who covers the, has been covering the league for a long time, uh, someone tweeted out, Aaron Donald was probably the real MVP. She said, voters were due, votes were due before the two-minute warning. If voters had until the end of the game, I bet AD would have won. Which is ridiculous. How is that possible, Sean? Right. The Bengals could have won the game. Especially with the technology being what it is. And there has to be some kind of app I mean, where you can just hit send. It's not like you got to run down and, and, and turn your envelope in. It, it's ridiculous. It's asinine. It's one of the outdated aspects of it. Just like I think naming super, uh, NFL MVP before the playoff starts is ridiculous. I, I, so there's some things I think the NFL needs to look at and adjust but the thing that bothered me about Cooper Cup winning, <clears throat> it wasn't a big game for Cooper. Right. Like, he does eight for 92 in his sleep. Like, he didn't even go over his, his, player, his prop. player prop. <laughs> I mean, I was like, how in the world, you know? Yeah. But Well, let's. Uh, the reason I'm a little extra chapped about it, let's take a look at the carnage that was uh, of my plays that we talked about on the show. Congrats to those that faded. Uh, we had... Rams minus three and a half first half. Uh, Johnny Hecker on my list. Drop snap. No extra point. Rams lead 13 to 10. Hey, under hit. 49. That was uh, pretty fortunate. I was fully anticipating that to be blown up as well. First quarter under nine and a half. Joe Mixon catches a ball out of the flat. They run the clock out. Yep. But he drops it. Joe Mixon under or over receiving yards. I was debating between receptions and receiving yards. Ultimately went on receiving yards. He had five catches for one yard. Yeah, one this yard. next one's your fault. Because yeah. I told you Mixon was going to have a big game. Yeah, that was a great call by you. I was wrong on this one. This yeah. one, uh, of all these, this one was the worst bet. Mixon under 63 rushing yards. Uh, he had a really good day. Uh, found, some, found some really good running lanes. Uh, and uh, that was uh, an impressive one. Bengals first possession of punt. <laughs> Johnny Hecker, once again, going back to my guy, a terrible punt. And that leads to a short field. And it led to the Bengals on fourth and one from the 50 going for it and ultimately turning the ball over on downs. So that one obviously didn't come home. Kendall Blanton, those touchdown props. He got hurt. Yeah, he got hurt. Those were more of a He sh- didn't even play the majority of the game. They say he did something to his shoulder. Shoulder. So, yeah. I mean, they were down to their third string. No Higby. I felt like, you know, good old closing line value there, Sean. Yeah, the last two, you got really hosed. Aaron Donald, 14-1 to one to win MVP. Matthew yeah. Stafford, plus 140. We started our postgame show last night, and I was like, I'm going to win this bet. I'm gonna, it's going to be Donald or Stafford. I was really thinking it would be Donald because of just the domination that he had on that final drive. It should have been one of the two. 
and then Cooper Cup wins yeah. it. So you fun got times. you got hoes on, on on a lot of your wagers. Fun <laughs> times, a lot of X's on that page. Yeah, fun times, fun times there. Uh, let's take a look at Sean. Sean, obviously his favorite play, the Big King's best bet. First of all, let Comes me let home. me put some context on all of this. I said my largest wager, the thing that I was standing on the table for, was Bengals plus four and a half. Now I also said. I'm an avid horse better. I love horse racing. If I'm playing a pick five and in the third leg I like an eight to one horse, I bullet the eight to one horse. I don't add the favorite or the second choice. And so I felt like this about the Bengals. You know, to be honest, the second and third bet on that screen, I don't know how they didn't come in. I mean, the Bengals were up seven in the second half. I mean, gee whiz, it looks like they're about to take the game over. They got all the momentum. And then the inexperiences jumped up and bit us. Jamar Chase, of course, you guys see the talent that I was alluding to throughout the week. You know, this is one of the things that I think Zach Taylor is, is going to have some sleepless nights. How do you not target Jamar more? I mean, every time he touched the ball, something magnificent happened. I mean, whether it was a short pass, whether it was a down-the-field pass, He's going to regret not finding ways to get him the ball. So that's why I ultimately didn't get over six and a half receptions. Of course, Jamar didn't catch a touchdown. You know, but I felt like we were on the right side with that one. Big King's best bet came home. My first bet came home. Should have stopped there. Should have been, I'm good. Should have been patient. Should have had discipline. I didn't do that. We'll talk to Adam Hill next. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Our own Brent Musburger sat down with legendary sports better Billy Walters for only his second public interview, the full hour of this exclusive interview with one of the most feared sports bettors of our time is currently available on vcin.com. Watch the full interview for free right now only, once again, vcin.com. Alongside Sean King, I am Tim Murray. One of the most feared sports bettors uh, in all the land is, is something that I have never been called. Uh, just you know, look at the last segment and see how my Super Bowl unfolded. But a gentleman that was at the Super Bowl and spent the entire week there in Los, uh, Los Angeles, and we appreciate him uh, jumping on with us because uh, we know it was a long week and a long game last night and then travel back to town. So Adam Hill from the Las Vegas Review-Journal joins us. Adam, I don't want to dive too deep into it, but I am just curious the process of Super Bowl MVP. Uh, Shereen Williams, uh, one of the many voters for the MVP, t- talked about how it was due before the two-minute warning and she would have likely voted for Aaron Donald if it was due, let's say, at the end of the game. Uh, what was the process uh, for you being uh, there on press row? Yeah, so it, it was my first. So I've covered Super Bowl Radio Row a few times, and I've been down there and been around the festivities before. But that's my first actual Super Bowl in attendance covering it. And I guess I was supposed to have a vote, but I didn't really know the process of it. And I was so caught up in trying to write a story and trying to focus on the game um, that it wasn't really my like in the in the top of my head uh, to actually vote. I would have voted for Aaron Donald. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure if that's the case. Um, that was who I thought it was even before uh, that 
you know, the, the touchdown to Cooper Cup, which I know people were talking about, well, you had to vote before the two-minute warning, which is super weird. Uh, but I know that's how the process goes. I think we could take a little bit of time and really digest it. I mean, we talked about this on a much smaller scale. Obviously, nobody cares about it. The Pro Bowl last week, where we had to turn in our votes before the two-minute warning, and you're like, well, I'd, some, I mean, who knows what's going to happen here? But, you know, you had to turn in, a, a, you know, if this team wins, then this. If this team wins, then this. And in that case, again, much smaller scale. Nobody really cares who's the MVP in the Pro Bowl. But we're like, wait a minute. If like nobody's really stood out, if somebody makes a great play to win the game, well, wouldn't that be the guy that you end up making the MVP? And remember, the Pro Bowl did come down to the very end there. Uh, so it was weird on that scale. And I think that was, there was a lot of discussion in the press box last week about it. Obviously, this is much more cared about, much more focus on it. Um, it's probably something they should look at. But I think the problem is they want to have you know the announcement on the broadcast right after the game so they make people vote early. I think they should probably look at doing that, especially, Tim um, and Sean, sorry, uh, yeah. Uh, especially with the betting markets open as much as they are now. And I think that there's a lot of things that go uh, with this. I mean, I, I've noticed uh, just some things lately where, you know, really with the expansion of the betting markets you know, nationally, I think a lot of people are uh, watching a lot of these events more closely. And, you know, you have things that are, kind of silly, like, you know, that skills challenge last week in the NFL where people, there's people betting on it in certain jurisdictions, obviously not here uh, in Nevada, but man, you're, you're kind of fixing them on some level. Uh, the NHL one also, I mean, yeah. the, the, obviously the, you know, the, that a uh, breakaway challenge thing was a joke. You know, John Hamm is a voter and he gives like a thousand score. You're like, well, wait a minute. There are people again, not in Nevada, but there are people that are betting on these things. Now, a lot of these things that we didn't think really mattered, mattered, they matter now. And I think a lot of them are going to be looked at a little more closely. Yeah. I, I mean, and, and Sean, I'll toss it to you. I mean, obviously personally it hurts, but I just think rewatching that game and how it unfolded at the end, I think Aaron Donald was was the rightful recipient should have been the rightful recipient. Yeah, I just don't award. understand what technology being what it is. Yeah, I mean it's not like can't figure this out. You know, it's the '80s and you guys got an envelope. You know, you got to run to a <laughs> box. You know, <laughs> I mean it should just be you know a catalog of options and and you, and you push it and submit it and they should get it instantaneously. But I think the more that the public and the national media becomes aware that that's the actual process, because like I asked Adam off air, like what if Burrow throws a Great. touchdown there to Jamar Chase or something, you know. Is this Cooper <laughs> Cup still the MVP? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. And like I said, I know the, you know, the Pro Bowl, and I don't, like I said, I did not vote yesterday. Um, but I know in that case, you said, if this team wins, then this person. And if this team wins, then this person, which is also kind of silly. Um, where you're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have two votes, and however the game breaks down, that's how it's going to go. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's one of those things. Again, like I said, they don't matter to a lot of people, but now all of a sudden they matter. And I think we're going to change a, a lot of the ways we look at a lot of different things. And you know, what's ironic is the Rams had three options for people to argue about. If the Bengals had won the game, I mean, I don't know if they really had an MVP. I mean, Jamar chase and limited T. opportunities Higgins. did what Yeah, T Higgins was, was, yeah, he yeah. he mean he played more MVP like than Chase. I mean, Chase was phenomenal when they gave him a chance. I know. Yeah, so it it would have been interesting uh, if it if it unfolded. That so, way. Adam, I have a question uh, as we move past the Super Bowl, and it's a big picture question, and, <laughs> and I, I want you to kind of bring the Raiders in, into you know th th this next answer. You had two teams that made it to the Super Bowl from completely different. 
origins. The Rams have said, okay, we don't need draft capital. Let's go out. Let's utilize our salary cap all the way to its limits to acquire established, proven guys, even though they're more expensive. The Bengals have said, we're going to draft extremely well and develop and get there that way. If you're in charge of the Raiders, which avenue should they take? Which one brings the the quickest return on investment, but also has continuity attached to it? I mean, it's it's, it's tough. First of all, like to to have, ask a question that involves both the Super Bowl and the Raiders. <laughs> it's tough to even fathom. really uphill battle and listen it, it starts with and I'll just I'll look, look at the rest of the AFC like a lot of people are talking about maybe Aaron Rodgers coming over to the AFC next year and um, you know a, a lot of you know, Russell Wilson coming to the AFC if I'm those guys I'm like there's no way I'm going to the AFC I'm finding an NF- NFC team to play for because the path in the AFC is so difficult with Mahomes and uh, Justin Herbert is coming up and now you got Gosh, Joe Burrow and, and jo- well whatever uh, I, I'm not a fan we've talked about him uh, but everybody's leaving out Lamar Jackson who I, I mean I think is going to have a huge bounce back uh, season next year I mean you've got all these great quarterbacks over, over in the AFC it's going to be an uphill battle for, for a lot of these different guys and the Raiders are in that position you have to look around and say how do we navigate these waters? How do we get through uh, to make it there? Now, I've always been a believer uh, that there's really only two paths. Uh, either you have a Hall of Fame quarterback or you have a quarterback on his rookie deal. Like, that's the way you get to uh, the Super Bowl and to, and to get to a title, and you have to build around them very quickly. And so, right now, they've, they've actually got Derek Carr on a – well, it, again, the third option would be to have a quarterback that's very affordable, and Derek Carr right now is affordable. Uh, but if you're looking forward – I think getting a quarterback on his rookie contract and trying to build very quickly around him with star players at other positions and taking advantage of the cap in that way is my preferred way to go about trying to get to a Super Bowl. Um, the Bengals chose that way. They have a rookie quarterback. They've got some some talented players around him. Uh, obviously, they kind of arrived a little bit sooner than we expected with uh, plenty of salary cap room. But um, rookie rookie deal quarterbacks are such a huge advantage if you can have a quarterback playing at a high level. So that's kind of the way I would look at it. But I think it's going to be very interesting to see what the Raiders try to do, um, especially when you're trying to trying to move up the ranks in the AFC, which is just brutal. You know, what's interesting, and we have Adam Hill here from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. The one thing about this Rams situation that people are overlooking was they had Derek Carr, and he had led them to a Super Bowl. His name was Jared Goff. <laughs> and they did what a lot of teams that have a Derek Carr caliber quarterback seem unwilling to do, which is upgrade. And it cost yeah. them, but they said Sean McVay understood we probably can't get there with Jared Goff. Even though he's functional, he's not capable in no big moments of getting us over the hump. And they went out and got Matthew Stafford. You know, I don't know what you think about Jared Goff as he compares to Derek Carr, but do the Raiders need to look at potentially, you know, bringing competition in, you know, getting in the quarterback derby that this offseason is going to be? Potentially. I mean, it's such a scary thought. And we've talked about the, you know, it's, it's, it sounds like a criticism, but it's really not like Derek Carr is, is too good. Um, and it puts them in a really difficult spot because you, you're so scared of trying to upgrade from a guy that you think is like the 10th or 12th best quarterback. Cause there are only, only like nine guys better on the entire planet but you might have to try to find one of those guys in order to make it. It's such a scary proposition, but you're right. The Rams did it. Now 
Golf, I believe, thinking back, was still on the rookie deal when he went to the Super Bowl. And then all of a sudden, you pay him a lot of money, and now you can't build around him in the same way. And that that's the, the, the trick of the whole thing. Like, it, it's really, it's a really tough calculus to try to make of how, you know, how you pay your quarterback, how you make those moves. Um, and, but you're right, you have to, if you don't think he's going to be the guy, you have to be willing to try to go out and upgrade. And, and the Rams did that, and I applaud it. Um, I think, you know, it's something to, for the Raiders to look at. Like, you can't be scared to try to make improvements at those positions. I mean, if, if, you know, the worst thing that happens is that you have to kind of reset and move yourself back two years, but um, you have to try to swing when you have a chance to. Now, I don't think the Raiders, Adam, like the Ram, yes. We, we, we got a break. Uh, we appreciate it. Great stuff, Sorry. man. Great Get stuff, some Adam. rest. Uh, and uh, we will absolutely be talking to you soon. That is Adam Hill from the Las Vegas Review <laughs> Journal. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN has a great new offer that can only be described as madness. You get VSIN all access to everything we do from now through the college basketball championship on April 4th for only 29 bucks. Sign up now and get our daily best bet emails, 24 7 video access, the upcoming college hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, full access to VSIN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. This deal only happens once a year, so you don't want to miss out. Visit vcin.com slash madness to sign up today. Alongside Sean King, I am Tim Murray. It is the nightcap here on vcin. Great stuff from Adam Hill. Uh, appreciate him joining us. And it does, it does provide some credence. And, you know, he was busy writing stories and, and trying to get in, you know, before deadline and whatnot for the uh, Las Vegas Review-Journal. But... 
you know, I hope, and, and once again, am I being a little bitter and, and complaining? Yes, it, it's kind of you know, part of the shtick. But, it's justified. But I do think, <clears throat> I mean, the craziest, the, I think the craziest part about the MVP voting, Sean, is the fact that Joe Burrow, if he has a second or two more of time on that fourth down, hits Jamar Chase, they win the Super Bowl, and the MVP vote has already been sent in on Cooper Cup. Like, that, that just doesn't make sense. Like, we can, and to your point too, in the day of technology, come on, we can't vote on the computer right away and get this thing figured out. So I don't know. Uh, hopefully, over time, this will get figured out because I think a lot of the people who were there last night, especially those final two plays, the P Ryan run and the the uh, the rush on Joe uh, Joe Burrow, would have voted Aaron Donald for MVP. Yeah, I'm sweating the hockey game, so I'm listening to you. But <laughs> some kind of way, the wild game. The went next from seven months, five two are going to be spectacular. To five four, and Detroit has the puck. You know, hopefully, empty net goal, and we. Well, you do have your one parlay, right? So long, right. right. I have it just for him to win, but you know, when you're up five two, the home team in the third period, you'd like to hit the puck line. And did the you Jets know? win? Uh, they're just uh, about to start the third period. Are they winning? Uh, no, they're down 1 0. All right. So, once again, Sean, uh, this is, by the way, this is what the, the show's going to be. Oh, there you go, a little empty netter. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. All right. There you go. go. Right. Yeah, good. Something good happened. Minnesota Wilds scored an empty netter up six to And four the Oilers scored. There you go. Hey, you were all over the Oilers. You recommended yep. that our listeners take the Oilers here in this. Uh, now we just need Winnipeg, man. Come on, Winnipeg. Let's go. And they're the home team. All right. Uh, I need uh, – need, this Washington State-Oregon game is disgusting. But it looks like it's going to end in your favor. Well, Because Oregon's kind of really not played uh, consistently above average game, yet they're still up five. Yeah. They're both, I mean, they're both shooting horrendously from the field. So I've got that. And uh, just hoping a backdoor situation doesn't happen out. In, uh, in Omaha, 77-61, I've got Creighton laying 11 against Georgetown and uh, Creighton leading that game by 16. So. so what was your major takeaway, having been allowed to breathe slightly, you know, kind of get some so of that? So the Aaron Donald clearly is the M- – no, I'm um, – Well, yeah, and, you know, you had a string of unbelievable bad bounces. <laughs> I'm, li- I'm not lying. You know, nobody likes to give you a hard time more than me, but I actually looked at Bill AD and said, you know, I think Tim may be getting ready to jump. <laughs> I mean, because on you're, you're under nine and a half in the first quarter. I mean, they hadn't really had many incompletions, and they went incomplete like three, three plays three in a row. All they had to do was run one play right. or have a completion. Yes. And, and the clock's And you're going out. to the second quarter. Um, the – First possession putt. I mean, <laughs> I say, like, like, oh my gosh. I mean, they went three and out, but they were at midfield because of a poor punt. Yeah, and, uh, so I was like, man. And I was trying to figure out because, and it was ultimately, I so I played it at BetMGM uh, here in town, and I was wondering how it was ultimately graded out because my if my recollection was correct, the four options because the bet I made was. The result of the Bengals' first drive. It was touchdown, field goal, punt, which is what I played at, minus 115. And then I believe the other one was turnover. I 
I mean, technically, none uh, of those occurred. None of those occurred. Right. Because a turnover on downs is not a turnover. So how did Granger play? I, I mean, I, I had a hard ticket, so I could go stop by and ask. Uh, if anyone out there, I mean, I was talking to a friend who played it on a mobile app, and they graded it as a loser for him. So, obviously, I mean, they didn't punt. Right. So, my, my thought was, is it a push? Or, I guess, turnover on downs lumps into turnover. I mean, clearly, once again, they did not punt the football. Right. So, well, uh, the Minnesota Wild won 7-4 if you want to go. good news. Boom, there we go. So, we got one leg through. Oregon up by seven, so let's yeah. hopefully we can uh, hold that on there for the Ducks. Edmonton just, Edmonton scored, just again. scored again. Yes. So now uh, we need the Jets. Come on, Winnipeg. Need the Jets to come home here for Gosh, Sean. The Blackhawks are so below average. Come on, Winnipeg. Let's have a great third period. My biggest takeaway, Sean, and this isn't, and I'm not trying to, and I, I'm actually curious your thoughts too, because the AFC is loaded, and the Bengals. Well, it's a, loaded right now. Had, no, but what I'm saying. As we sit, it's loaded. And w- Things could change here drastically. Oh, no, da- no doubt. But Deshaun Watson could end up somewhere in the NFC. Yeah, but I'm just Aaron saying. Aaron Rodgers could stay in the NFC. But even if those things all occur, you still have Josh Allen. You still have Matt. What if Brady goes to San Francisco? And Brady's not coming. Just. But Brady was in the NFC. So none of these guys are leaving the AFC. Deshaun Watson, the last time he played, they were 4-12. and But right now, if the status quo changed, I still say if you're doing a top three, one and two are in the NFC, Brady and Rodgers. Yeah, but Brady's not playing. Right. I'm just – he threw for 5,000 yards. My, don't, my, don't, don't, don't count him out next year yet. My thing is – and I, this isn't – I'm not saying the Bengals stink or – they're bad. No, I know what you're saying. What I'm saying is they're, a dynasty wasn't born in the playoffs. They're a good football team. They've got young talent. Mm-hmm. They've got a quarterback on a rookie contract. They've got an elite, elite wide receiver on a rookie contract. On a rookie contract. Those are great building blocks. But to your point about Los Angeles, Cincinnati's on a destination location, but right. they're a quality program. I still have my questions about Zach Taylor. As Is he an elite coach? I don't know. Is he a good coach? It seems that he's a pretty decent coach. But I, I don't know. Um, so I would say that this Bengals team still has a lot to improve on. Look at that offensive line. Joe Burrow can't keep getting and obliterated. It, and I'll be honest. That, to me, would be the thing that I think prevents Cincinnati from reaching their full potential. Because it's extremely expensive because it's not a lot of those guys to get quality offensive linemen. So kind of even as good as Jamar Chase is, that's kind of the give and the take by not taking Panay Sewell or Rashawn Slater. So let me ask you this, because you are a huge oh, absolutely. Jamar Chase. They made the right choice. Okay, that's what yes. I was going to ask you. Yes, they made the now, right choice. Now it's taking a step back. Yes. Now what they have to do is make offensive line the only priority, not the top one, the only priority. So you have to have a great talent evaluation department on the pro side. Mm-hmm. And you Which, have to by be able the way, get, the re- – the facts are, right, they have like six scouts. Right. That's always been a knock on the Bengals' ownership is that they're not really willing to spend. Whether it's true or not, that is, that's what's always been. Well, obviously, they don't have a lot of scouts. They have, they they have, have six. They, they have Eli Apple. So, I mean, there's no organization that can tell me they're doing an effective <laughs> job scouting talent, and Eli Apple starts for you at corner. And I, what's going to be really interesting, Sean, is, is come next year what the preseason win total will be on the Cincinnati Bengals, right? 
The I put it at 10. The preseason win total this year was six and a half. Obviously, that was incorrect, or it wasn't incorrect. I mean, it was. It was, you know, I'd over. put it at 10 simply right now because unless something That's drastic. That's a huge jump. But unless something drastic happens in the AFC North, it's just them in Baltimore. Big Ben retired in Pittsburgh. They Cleveland's haven't replaced some, him yet. You know, Cleveland's no, not a. No, not at all. Dumpster fire. No, no. Cleveland, what are they going to do with Baker? Either they're paying Baker, Dak Prescott money, or they don't have a quarterback. They're trying to find another one. I almost feel like this is when the Browns will thrive, when they are considered out, right? I mean, they have talent. But on that they have roster. a contractual situation they do. with Baker Mayfield. They absolutely Either do. He's not coming back on the last year of this deal to play for what he's making now. Mm-hmm. Either they're going to have to give him Dak Prescott money or they're going to have to move on. So there's a lot of uncertainty there surrounding them, you know. But we'll see how it plays out. You know my favorite thing in sports? We won't know anything, my bad, not to cut you off, until no. we figure out how the quarterback carousel ends up. My favorite thing in sports is dumb basketball plays. They're up seven. Fouling a guy shooting a fadeaway baseline jumper is one of the most yeah. moronic things Don't you look right now, but your bigger do. issue is Creighton Georgetown. Yeah, this is <laughs> these past two days. What am I? Jeez. Unbelievable. It is unbelievable. They were just up 20. All right. Let's talk to Patrick Everson. I didn't have a great day. Maybe some people had a good day yesterday. Uh, the gaming commission here in town, I think, had a pretty good day. It's the nightcap. It's Freddie Prince Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening.